0: Welcome to Dana Delivers by Aprio podcast,
1: the podcast that helps restaurant owners and operators learn from industry experts about trends and opportunities. On every episode, Dana Zukowski, the leader of Aprio's restaurant advisory team, explores the topic impacting our industry in a candid conversation. And now let's hear what Dana is serving up on this episode.
0: So today we have Melanie Bartelme, who's the Associate Director and Global Food Analyst at Mintel, based in Chicago. Thank you so much, Melanie, for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thanks. So typically when I start my podcast, I always start with how I met the person and the first meeting. But since we never met in real life, one day we will, maybe on a fishing boat or something. (laughs) We we had a chance to speak at Steve Zagor's class, who I know we both love and adore, up to a group of people in Chicago, in Chicago, sorry, in Columbia, in their food entrepreneurial class. And I was just so impressed by what you and the company are doing as it relates to food and food trends and what's going on in the space that I thought it would be fun for our listeners to hear not from another restaurateur or someone in that space, but more just in food and consumer products. So thank you so much for joining
1: oh thank you and i i had such a great time on that
0: chat too so i'm really excited to get to continue our conversation here thank you so why don't you start tell us a little bit about you your background and mintel and what you guys are doing
1: absolutely so i am as you said a global food analyst and so that means that as part of mintel we are a a global market research firm so we help companies understand as we say Um, not just what consumers want, but why. So we look at those behaviors and those interests and all of the different things that are going on in consumers' lives that really help them make those decisions about how food and drink is going to play into their lives and what they're looking for. So ultimately, we help our clients make those sound decisions about product launches so that they're meeting those consumer needs. And in September, it'll be five years here for me. And before that, yeah, yeah, it feels like I've been here forever. Um, It's amazing. But before that, I worked for the Institute of Food Technologists. So I have a little bit of that food science background as well. But I just I've always been in love with trends. And it's been amazing to kind of take that and see not just what's happening in a vacuum, but how that plays into where we've been before um where we think things are going into the future and kind of trying to predict how that consumer sentiment will
0: change based on things that we've you know kind of observed in the past. Right. So I think one of the things that I wanted to start with that I found interesting in our earlier conversations was you were recently at Fancy Food and mm-hmm. other food tech food consumer product events that you're seeing so much brand extensions. Could you talk a little bit about COVID and why do you think those brand extensions are happening and give some examples of those?
1: Yeah, I think we've seen a lot of what we're kind of calling incremental innovation, because, you know, as we know, we've got a lot of factors kind of working against the big picture. Um, innovation right now, the supply chain issues, the fact that consumers, when times are tough, are perhaps a little bit more risk averse. but. Uh, there is a a deep hunger for things that are going to be able to give consumers this sense of newness, of adventure, of something special in their day-to-day, especially as more consumers are cooking at home. We know this really uh, spiked in the pandemic, but it's become a pattern. And again, especially as we're looking at more uh, price issues, um, consumers really kind of dealing with inflation. So being able to give consumers an extension of say a sauce that they're already familiar with, then being able to add some sort of twist or something like a potato chip where you add, you know, there's been um, Wendy's chicken sandwich flavored chips. There's all sorts of things like this. It's being able to give consumers that way of experimenting without asking them to completely change up their patterns and try something completely new. So. Um, there's been a lot of stuff like that at fancy food in particular we saw a lot of these things where consumers had in the past maybe gotten more interested in say the regional or let me say that again they got more interested in more um, different types of international
0: cuisines and now we're seeing more regionality in those so for example like instead of it just being Asian cuisine, and then going from Thai and Korea, and now we're even going into subsets of those?
1: Yes. So one of the things that we've looked at, um, starting a couple of years ago, we uh, started publishing flavor trends at Mintel. And so um, kind of observing where some of these opportunities are. And one of the things that we looked at was, yes, Indian food is something that consumers are you know, starting to become fairly uh, aware of or have had trial in but then there's interest in in some of these regional like regional uh, subsets like kerala so keralan food which is more coastal so even if we think that a consumer has oh they already know korean food do they though or over time is there going to be potential for them to understand more of the nuances and so that will probably start with more of a, a niche consumer who is already aware, who maybe has the extra money to spend, is already interested in cooking, but then we'll see that over time, really start to kind of get into the public consciousness. I think about that with something like Neapolitan pizza, where, you know, we know pizza, and then this is something that perhaps at first, it was just a couple of people you know, we're like, oh wow, what is this type? I was in Italy. I brought this back. I know what to look for. And now you can pretty much find those styles of pizza in those places where consumers just are living their lives. So it will start in those places where consumers already have a pretty broad understanding of a cuisine, say Italian or um, Mexican, those are Chinese, some of the the biggest ones. But then we will see either flavors or individual regional
0: um, dishes or cuisines really starting to come out into the spotlight. And I think when you were saying about flavors, one of the things we spoke about the other day was like even sriracha, right? Putting Mm -hmm. sriracha now in a potato chip or a sauce or a chip or whatever kind of product it is. And I think because most of the people listening on this are in the restaurant space, some of the major legacy brands, what they're doing by mixing flavors is even great, right? Like even Taco Bell and yeah, well, I'll fact check, but right, did a thing with Dorito.
1: And so Cheetos, taking, are, and Cheetos. Uh, or what is it now? It's uh, a, yeah, 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 yeah. And they're, they're just doing so many interesting things right? where they're able to sort of, bring in these, um, they're bringing in some of the familiar products or familiar flavors, and then kind of taking them in a new way, putting a new twist. And then on the other side of that, consumers also are, I think, really interested in recreating the restaurant experience at home, so that means then there's this opportunity to bring in some of those sauces and seasonings and things like that from the restaurant space into the home so that consumers, um, as they're trying to think about saving money, they still can have that relationship with the brand and that can keep them top of
0: mind when consumers do have the ability to go back out. Right, and I think even not just the flavors of those restaurants, but actually putting the product on the shelf and kind of going back to the pizza, Someone like Roberta's in New York now mm-hmm. you can go to whether it be Fresh Direct or to your local store and possibly even get their product, right? Or yeah, I, know, like, bagels was, first, and... right. I was gonna say like Rayos was probably one of the first to do their sauce line super successfully. You yes. You couldn't go to the restaurant so you were able to go to Bed Bath and Beyond and buy it. So bringing yeah. products home is just great. What I also thought was so interesting was how many people how many restaurants are shrinking their menu but mm-hmm. product lines at home are getting so much bigger. Do you guys look at what's going on in the locations as well at all?
1: Yeah, you know, I think that we have generally seen kind of a streamlining of, of menu items, um, definitely around COVID, because um, they're, when when you're trying to supply the, the consumer and you're not sure what kind of traffic you're going to have, or if you're not sure Ooh. what kind of supply you're going to have, um, that was definitely one factor, but overall, even before COVID, there is a sense from consumers, both in restaurants and in CPG, that there's just this choice paralysis that's out there. When you have so many different options, sometimes it can be kind of overwhelming to figure it out. And so I think, I remember there being, um, it was uh, the same Chipotle uh parent company uh-huh. they had that do you remember that they had like an Asian uh yes. outpost and I remember hearing that one of the reasons why that one didn't really make it was because there was so many different permutations of the menu that consumers right. could do that they just weren't sure how how to interact with that smart. restaurant so whereas Chipotle you go in and it's this, this, or this move down the line, this, this, or this, it's easy. And then for some of these other places, having those suggestions of, um, you know, for instance, if I go to Rhodey, which is a Middle Eastern fast casual in Chicago, um, you know, you can do whatever you want, but it's like, here's this, 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 you can just, it makes it very easy. So I think the idea of really kind of honing in on those really good products, those really good menu items that you know you can deliver super well on and help consumers understand what they're going to be getting is going to be really important.
0: Awesome. So we a little fancy food, brand expansion, stuff like that. What else? Because I think, right, you're more not just a trend seer, but part of you and your team's role is to spot what the trends are.
1: Mm-hmm. What
0: do we think. I know one of the things that I always like to talk about is health versus the perception of health and yes. where where the happy medium is. So what are you yes. guys seeing in that world?
1: And you know, it's really interesting because I'm coming off of the Institute of Food Technologists show. I was just speaking there for three days as well. And so it's, I think, I feel very passionately about there being space for both indulgence and health. So we know that consumers tend to want to start their day out strong at breakfast they're much more primed to look for things with fiber and protein Um, they want to make those decisions and they're a little bit more willing to give up the taste factor because they know that they want to fuel their bodies and so where it tends to then get to me a little a little sticky is with those truly indulgent experiences i think that there's absolutely space to have the most luxurious version of a chocolate sundae the most luxurious version of a cookie in moderation and so i know that there's lots of talk around some of these um, trending diets like keto and things like that um we do see that there are consumers who follow that but um there there are also consumers who just want to be able to have something delicious and not feel so bad about it so we talk a lot about permissible indulgences maybe smaller versions little bite-sized things Because at the end of the day, we are still living in a little bit of chaos. We're living in um, some anxious times here. So um, that's when consumers want to turn to comfort food. And so, yes, there is a space for health. There is a space for taking care of ourselves because we need to take care of our mental health. But mental health is also about treating ourselves and feeling like we deserve to enjoy what's out there. So um, I think there's definitely time and a place for some of those added benefits. But I, I hope they're not in everything.
0: Well, I was going to say, I like to get a kid's ice cream cone. Me too. A real delicious ice cream instead of a pint of that only is a hundred calories. Because if I'm going to yes. eat it, I want it to be so delicious that like I could savor every single bite.
1: I agree. I agree completely. I love the miniaturization of everything. I, I That's just, it gives you that ability to have something wonderful, without feeling like, you know, you have to make those sacrifices. And, you know, if I'm going to eat healthy, I want to do that in other parts of my day, maybe with, um, you know, some of those nutrients that I'm really missing versus, you know, kind of trying to take out something that right. like fat or, or or sugar. I think right. there's room
0: for everything. Right. Keep, let's keep it yummy. Um, what else? Any other big trends you saw or you think like were just out there that were per- like getting a lot of press or a lot of attraction
1: yeah you know I think one of the things that kind of speaking about that indulgence we've been looking as part of the um, fancy food trend spotter panel last at the end of last year we identified this opportunity for things that have as we've been talking about with health and wellness they've kind of gotten a bad rap to really kind of come back in and experience um, you know their, their rightful place in the sun so something like pasta where consumers tend to see it as a little bit indulgent, which is kind of surprising, but um, there has been some innovation in those products that are really intended to deliver on taste and the overall experience. So um, that cascatelli shape that came out of um, Dan Pashman's podcast, He created this whole shape and he worked with Follini, you know, New York based pasta company to get this out there. Now there's a Trader Joe's version. And there's also one uh, made with chickpeas that Bonza uh, is making. And so just this idea of there being this spectrum of indulgence even in our everyday foods and being able to sometimes have something that you buy truly for the experience, truly to maximize your enjoyment of the food. I think that's something that we're gonna continue to see um, as consumers are kind of Still a little bit concerned about their money, but if they're every day eating, you know, again, cooking at home more, eating the same thing every day, kind of then spending a little bit more on those treat occasions and saying, this is what's worth it for me to feel like I'm not actually missing out. If I have to trade down from a restaurant experience, um, this is what I'm going to do at home. But then on the flip side, what we're seeing in the food service space is when consumers spend all this time, kind of making these sacrifices, when they go back out in the world, we think that there's going to be an opportunity for truly um, experiential fine dining, and even um, across the spectrum for consumers to say, you know what, I've I've done this, I've saved money, uh, I've you know done done the right thing, and now I really want to reward myself and have something that's truly going to blow my mind. So. Um, that doesn't mean that, you know, restaurants aren't going to have that, that area to play in with this part of the consumer.
0: Well, Melanie, I think all of that is phenomenal and exciting and fantastic. And I hope all of our listeners learned a little bit about what's going on in the space. I know Mintel does some great speaking stuff and you guys do the research is always fantastic. So thank you for joining me today. I hope everyone enjoyed listening and these conversations are for sure going to continue.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much. It's been a blast.
0: Thank you. Thank you to all of our listeners to the Dana Delivers by Aprio podcast. If you like today's podcast,
1: please hit the subscribe button. Dana Delivers brought to you by Aprio, a premier accounting and business advisory firm with offices across the U.S. and clients around the globe.